So if you're 18 years or younger, please come forward. 18 years or younger. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to read the gospel in a second, and I want you to listen for something. We're going to talk about stuff being lost or people being lost. So listen for that, okay? The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything... A severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, "'How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare?' But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is, and is now found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, For all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The gospel of the Lord. So, who was lost in this story? 
Are you listening? The younger son. And what happened when he came back? They threw a huge party. His dad was so excited that he ran to him, and he didn't even let the son finish the speech that he'd kind of figured out what to say, right? He was thinking, oh, what am I going to say to my dad, you know? I really messed up, and I got to tell dad I'm really sorry, and I'll come and work for him as a slave because I'm not worthy to be in the house anymore. But his dad said, you were dead, and now you're alive, and you were lost, and now you're found. So the dad welcomes him back into the family. Have you ever lost anything? Have you lost anything? How do you feel when you lose something? Sad? Distracted? Distressed? Mad? Is it frustrating when you're trying to find it? You're trying to figure out where the heck did I put it, right? And you, you think about, you retrace your steps and you go, oh my gosh, I know I set it down here, but it's not there. Well, here's the deal. In this story of this child that was lost and now is found, he got lost on his own. He chose to get lost, right? He chose to leave his family. He chose to leave his, uh, his, his home. And then he realized how lost he was after he'd left. And he decided, I don't want to be lost anymore. I'm going to come home. And what kind of response did his dad give? He went away, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're home. Yay, let's have a party. That's what he did. That's how God sees us. He's so excited when we come back and say, I'm yours, God. I'll do whatever you want. So when you go to your class, think about stuff that's lost and now found, okay? And how much God loves each of you and welcomes you back and wants to party with you. Amen? Have fun. Please be seated. I always love it when I get a gospel that's one of my favorite stories in Scripture, and today that is, that is the case. But I want us to start just with a quick review over what we've talked about this Lent, what um, Reverend Gina and Father Michael have talked about in their sermons leading up to today. And I noticed over the last three weeks, that every sermon that was given had a theme that began with the letter S. I like alliteration. So, so here's what I gleaned from uh, Reverend Gina and Father Michael. The first week, Reverend Gina talked about silence, listening, spending time um, experiencing God by using a, a technique called centering prayer. The goal to be in silence before God so we can actually hear what God might have to say to us. And we we live in a culture that doesn't allow a lot of silence. We're bombarded by television and radio and 
noise. And so Gina led us into a time of silence during her sermon. And then the second week, Father Michael talked about signs, how, how God um, gives us direction through signs he places in our path. That if we are aware of what God is saying to us through these signs, then we can have a direction in our lives and, and an awareness of what God might have us do and how God might have us be. And then last week, Father Michael talked about sending. Remember, it was a story of the burning bush of Moses, and, and God speaks to Moses through the burning bush and says, go to Egypt. And Moses says, here I am, Lord, send him. You know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And, and Father Michael very, very eloquently talked about different signs, different burning bushes in our lives that might be speaking to us in terms of our being sent, our being called to go do something that will impact the world. And so today, I thought, I've got to find an S word for the theme of the prodigal son, and it was a little bit challenging, but the word I came up with was status. And it involves a question. What is our status before God? How does God see us? Who are we in God's sight? And the prodigal son answers that's that question really poignantly and really beautifully, I think. So let me set it up for you so that we can kind of understand who Jesus is really talking to when he tells this parable. If you noticed in the very first part of the parable, of the story, Jesus is approached by the Pharisees, and they're mad at him because they're charging him with the with having loose morals and associating with sinners and tax collectors, and he's unclean because he's hanging out with people that aren't holy. And so Jesus starts telling these parables that have to do with, with people and or things that are lost and now found. If you'll notice in the scripture for today, um, we jump, we do... Verses 1 to 3, which tells, tells, sets the context for the parable of the prodigal son. And then we jump to verse 11. There's a section that's missing. And that section that's missing are two other shorter parables that Jesus tells about things being lost and then found. It's the, one of them is the parable of the lost sheep. There's 99 sheep and, and one is missing. So the shepherd leaves the flocks a flock and goes and finds the lost sheep. And then the second parable is the one where the woman has 10 coins and she's lost one. So she turns her house upside down, sweeping, looking in all the corners, and she finds the lost coin and, and invites her friends over and they rejoice over what was lost and now is found. And then we get today's parable of the prodigal son. So Jesus is responding to the Pharisees' charge that he's hanging out with sinners, and that isn't what a godly person does. That godly people have to keep themselves clean and have to keep themselves pure and have to follow the letter of the law according to the Pharisees so that, um, so that they'll be acceptable to God. And Jesus then tells these stories of things and people 
and animals who were once lost and now found. The point is crystal clear. The character of God is not one of judgment, is not one of condemnation, is not one of, of you've got to toe the line or you're out. It's not an in or an out kind of economy. The status of every human person is that we're beloved by God, we're welcomed by God, that God actually doesn't wait for us but comes running and welcomes us back into the fold, that God seeks us and finds us and brings us back in, that God is merciful and that God celebrates when we come back. You see, the younger son and the older son are both lost. The younger son is lost because he's greedy and he wants to go off and, and find a new life and live a wild life away from his Jewish roots in a Gentile land. That's what the foreign country thing is, a Gentile land where he can do all manner of things that wouldn't be acceptable in his culture. And then the older son is lost behind a wall of resentment and judgment and a wall of shoulds. The older son is the Pharisees. The younger son represents the sinners. It's really the story of a father who has two sons, both of whom are lost. Both of whom are lost. Both were selfish. Both were guilty of not seeing their father and their family as one of mutual love and care and giving. Both were lost. Did you notice early in the parable of the prodigal son or the merciful father or the two sons? Did you notice that when Jesus, when the younger son goes and says, Dad, I want out of here. Give me my share of my inheritance. Did you notice what Jesus said the father did? He divided it between both of them. The older son got his too. So doesn't that make you wonder, where's the beef? The older son got his inheritance. And yet, he so resents his father and his role in the family that when the younger son comes home, he's so self-focused that he doesn't even address his dad as father, and he doesn't even address his brother, this son of yours, he says. You know, I'm not going to have anything to do with him. And he says one little line that indicates the condition of his heart. I've been working like a slave for you all this time. No sense of being part of a family. 
no sense of the give and take of love between father and son. Resentful all those years where he worked like a slave under his father. So his perspective was not one of a loving father, but of a dutiful son who was heavily burdened with responsibility. And yet his father, just like with the younger son, reaches out to him and invites him to the party. So back to the question, what is our status before God? Whether we're the one that has run away, has lived a wild life, or maybe not even lived the wild life, but just chosen to walk apart from God. Or maybe we're the one who goes to church every Sunday and follows all the rules, but experiences a lack of freedom, of enslavement, a lack of of contact with a loving God. Wherever we are on that pretty wide spectrum, that continuum, the story of this gospel reading is that God runs to us and welcomes us back into the family. God doesn't wait. God seeks the lost sheep. God goes after and turns the house upside down to find the coin. God runs to the prodigal son, and he invites the older brother, the older son, into the party. You're always with me. Everything I have is yours. The status of the Pharisees was that of the elder son. The status of the sinners and tax collectors was that of the younger son. And Jesus' message to everybody was that God loves us. <laughs> no matter who we are, that God loves us and welcomes us back into the fold. There are no outsiders. There are no outsiders. And that's hard sometimes. We want to be in with the in crowd, right? We want to be in the popular group. We want to be the ones that everybody thinks, man, that person has it made. They're living a great life. But Jesus says, there are no outsiders. God is merciful and loving and celebrates us. One of my favorite all-time books is The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. Um, The first time I read it, I've read it many times and studied it in lots of different contexts within churches I've served in. Um, I was really sad when I got towards the end of the book because I knew I was getting towards the end of the book and I didn't want it to end. He writes this book as a meditation on Rembrandt's painting. It's probably hard for you to see, but Rembrandt's painting of the return of the prodigal son. And that painting really spoke to Henry now, and and so he wrote this book as a meditation on the scripture, 
that we just read and also the way Rembrandt portrayed it. And I want to conclude by reading a couple of his insights with regard to both the painting and the story. So what is our status before God? And here is what Henry has to say. There is no doubt in the parable or the painting about the father's heart. His heart goes out to both of his sons. He loves them both. He hopes to see them together as brothers around the same table. He wants them to experience that, different as they are. They belong to the same household and are children of the same father. As I let all of this sink in, I see how the story of the father and his lost sons powerfully affirms that it was not I who chose God, but God who first chose me. This is the great mystery of our faith. We do not choose God. God chooses us. From all eternity we are hidden in the shadow of God's hand and engraved on his palm. Before any human being touches us, God forms us in secret and textures us in the depth of the earth. And before any human being decides about us, God knits us together in our mother's womb. God loves us before any human person can show love to us. He loves us with a first love, an unlimited, unconditional love, wants us to be his beloved children, and tells us to become as loving as himself. The parable of the prodigal son is a story that speaks about a love that existed before any rejection was possible and that will still be there after all rejections have taken place. It is the first and everlasting love of a God who is father as well as mother. It is the fountain of all true human love and even the most limited. Jesus' whole life and preaching had only one aim, to reveal this inexhaustible, unlimited, motherly and fatherly love of his God and to show the way to let that love guide every part of our daily lives. In his painting of the Father, Rembrandt offers me a glimpse of that love. It is the love that always welcomes home and always wants to celebrate. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.